Phrase etymology and why we say the things we say. I'm Milo. And I'm Dave. He's my dad. And she is my lovely daughter. That's how that works. That is. And you're singing again on that. That I usually do. I feel like it's frequently. Maybe 50-50. Yeah, it's about that. Well, Milo, welcome. It's been uh it's been a little bit since we've put an episode out there. Yeah, our recording schedule is going to continue to be weird for a while, just as a warning for the listeners. I am moving across the country, and that takes a lot of time and energy. That, yeah, especially yeah. when there's other people involved and you kind of coordinate schedules and jobs yes. and locations. It, and it makes moving a lot of fun and it makes side projects like podcasts a little bit uh, delayed. So apologies for that. Uh, and, hopefully it'll stabilize soon. Yeah. And, and of course, this is not going to be top of mind because you've got to get those other things situated. Yes. But thanks for bearing with us, uh, those of you who are. Uh, if you are brand new to the podcast, ignore all that because you don't know who we are anyway. <laughs> but welcome. We're glad you're listening. Absolutely. Glad you found us. And so, Milo, for those of us, those who are familiar with the show, they know how this works. Mm-hmm. You do an episode, I do an episode, and we kind of alternate back and forth who chooses a topic and what we research. Yes. And then who presents it. So if you're new, that's that's how, kind of how this works here. And we are getting close to having 50 episodes. Yay! Which is kind of wild. That is fun. We're, we, we're about at a year, too. We're almost May. to a year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, May of last year we started. I was, I was looking at that about the kind of the beginning of May. And so we're in the end of April right now actually mm-hmm. recording this. So and next episode will be our uh, anniversary spectacular. Oh, is that right? Uh-huh. All right, we'll go for that. That's right. You know, it's funny because when I, when we first started the idea for this podcast, I had so many different um, idioms and phrases and different things written down of what we wanted to do and talk about. And there's still dozens and dozens left. Mm-hmm. We're nowhere close uh, to exhausting that list. But honestly, you know, the first, again, we're almost on 50 episodes We've kind of cherry-picked, um, which would be a great phrase to look up. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of gone over the ones that immediately jumped out at us. Yes. Do you find that it's difficult sometimes to pick a phrase now? A or- little bit, just because a lot of the ones that people will like come up and ask about tend to be pretty transparent idioms. Yes. So we might need to do another episode where we just like lay out a whole bunch of them real quick because yeah. there's some, you know, like neck of the woods. I'm like, that's interesting. That would be a cool thing to look at. It's just because it's a narrow thing of yeah. land. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I can't extend that to half an hour of content. Nor should you. Uh, and there's times we have stretched some out a little bit, but we don't want it to be uh, laborious or like, oh, okay, there's nothing here. And they're just bantering for right. 40 minutes, which they, they certainly <laughs> the do. The banter show. Hey, welcome to us just talking about our lives. Um, or as some would call it, the fact check on Armchair Expert. But that's oh. a whole different thing. Okay. They spend about a half hour just kind of talking about their lives. But yeah. we're not here to talk about that. Nope. So Our lives aren't that interesting. <laughs> no, no, no. Who care? Who cares about, you know, I don't, I don't think people care that much. <laughs> but 
I have an idea for an episode, which I want to do in the future, and I want to do a this or that episode. Okay. Is it Beyond the Pale, P-A-L-E, or is it Beyond the Pale, P-A-I-L? We did one of those. Yeah, we're going to do another one. Okay. You know, is it Kerfuffle or Kerfluffle? I do uh, like Kerfluffle. Kerfluffle's great. It's not right, but no, I love it's it. Not. It's very fun to say. I'm, I'm compiling another list, so we could do a this or another this or that episode. Okay. That is not this episode, though. I was trying to decide, again, there's just, we've still got, you know, a hundred different idioms and things to look through. And I'm like, which one am I going to do? Like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave it up to my Facebook friends to choose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to list three different idioms. I'm going to give them three options. And I'm going to see what they pick. Okay. Now, apparently, I was not clear enough in my direction. Because I listed the three, and then in the comments, people started just giving out new ones. Um, and some people just put one word, like, I want to know where this word came from. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that, okay, no, that's not. I, I enjoy studying psychology, but there's one lesson I've learned most of all What's, in my many yeah? extensive studies. Oh, sure, tell me. People are terrible at reading. Yes. <laughs> Especially, Especially instructions. And on Facebook, it's, it's even worse. Yep, there's layers of things there. Yep. People don't like to read with apprehension. They see a couple keywords and go, great, I know what to say to this. Yes. Did you say people don't like to read with apprehension? Is that what you said? Comprehension. Comprehension. Okay. I thought you said apprehension, and that's a very different that thing. That is a different thing. Were you the one that's of... when they're afraid of the books. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should they're be. poking it with a stick. Ah, the book will get me. Maybe Cujo, one of those kind of books that's scary, Amityville Horror. Is that, is that the bad dog one? Yeah. Okay. Maybe those are scary. Scary it's a scary books. book. You don't like horror. No, no. We really don't. No, I said um, you don't. I do. Oh, you do. Yeah. yeah that's right. You kind of do like horror. But... Uh, did, were you the one of, I can't remember, I have so many children, so one of you took a test, and at the beginning of the test, it said, make sure you read all the instructions. I, mm, Was yes. that you? That was you, wasn't it? Yes. Um, Could you tell us a I little bit I am still angry that? about this to this day. Why? <laughs> I, in like third grade or something, my teacher handed out a test, and at the top of it, you know, it's like, fill out your name or whatever and read the instructions. But the instructions on tests are always the same. They're like, fill in the bubble completely and all that stuff. Sure. So you go through and take the test. And then at the end of it, they're like, okay, we're going to check through. And then like, and the first thing it turns out, it says, just write your name and then you're done. Yes. Don't answer any of the questions. Yes. Um, and if you answer all the questions, then you fail. <laughs> and I did that because I, I mean, I answered the questions because I like to, you know, answer the questions. I wanted to do the right thing, but I'm still annoyed about it. I feel like it's trickery. Well, there was another, I think it must have been Molly then who had the same test and she actually read all the instructions. But as you went through this specific version of that, you would have someone stand up and announce something and then someone else would clap their hands and shout. Uh And so people were doing all that crazy stuff, but she read through all the instructions and at the bottom it says, don't do any of the things that you read above except sign your name on the top of the paper. Mm-hmm. One of you guys actually read all the way through it. I thought it was you. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's. I, I was not that smart. I just wanted to get things done because I was trying to be fast about it. That and would be me. Would that be. is still how I do school. Yeah. Like when... In college, when you finish a test, you get to leave. Yeah. And I was always the first one done. It's not that I don't like school. It's just that I'm not really a sit there and think about a test taker. I'm a just do a test taker. It, to me, it was always a contest. Whoever gets done first wins. It is a little bit of that. 
too. A little bit. Yeah, little I bit. got that from you. I'm very competitive. I know. I'm sorry. And it's a very good thing that I'm a good test taker because test taking is less about the topic and more about test taking skills. Yeah. It's a problem. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I do have that skill, so I still got A's, but I was not doing my best work. Yeah. Well, there was a, a, a classic skit where someone is is typing really fast and they're like, oh, you type really fast. It was just all gibberish. Uh-huh. They're like, I do type really fast, but they weren't words. So, yeah. you know, it kind of matters to pair those two together, finish quickly. Quality versus quantity. And get a good grade. If you can do both, it'd be great. <laughs> well, I was doubting my ability to give proper instruction because my Facebook friends were suggesting all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, in fact, one of my friends suggested about 12 different words, some of them quite obscene, Oh, um, that she wanted me to uh, research it. I'm like, that's... I apparently missed it completely. We are going to do profanity episodes, but... Oh, I know. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so these are some of the harsh ones, but... Uh, two of my friends, Jake and Betsy, did bail me out, and they actually <laughs> read the instructions, and they picked. And on those two votes, mm-hmm. we get the topic for our episode today. Thanks, Jake and Bethany. Betsy. Betsy. Or Bethany. We can call her that, too. She lives in Texas, by the way. Hey! Betsy does. We will be roommates. Yeah, pretty much. It's a small <laughs> state. I'm sure you'll bump into each other. Yep. All right, so the three topics I chose, or the three options, were close but no cigar. Mm-hmm. Push the envelope or giving someone the third degree. Okay. And the winner is. Bum, ba, da, ba, 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 ba. Not my friends who gave me other options. They were not the winners because <laughs> they, ba, ba, ba. <laughs> they read it with apprehension, not comprehension. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They were scared of my post as they should be. Yep. Your words are just told too much wisdom, it scares it's, them away. Well, it's not the first time. It's like, if you listen to this podcast, it's like pearls of wisdom dropping right from my mouth. My words, instantly valuable. Um, so just, we Slime really. Slime before pearls. <laughs> Is that cut at me or our listeners? <laughs> I don't know. Who's the swine here? Um, Which reminds me, at some point, I do want to do um, idioms that are from the Bible. Oh, yeah. That is one of them. Um, And that is one of them. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, Jesus said, do not throw your pearls before swine. Mm -hmm. Or your swine before pearls. Neither one works. I I thought it was from the Sunday funnies, but... Pretty much, yeah. It <laughs> is by Stephen Pastis. Or I don't know how to say his name. Pastis? Pastis? Pasty? Is? Doesn't matter. Pasties? Nope. No. Nope, moving nope, on. No, nope, moving on. So, <laughs> anyway, getting distracted as we always do, the winner was Push the Envelope. Okay. So, that is going to be our episode today. Can I tell my pasties story, story real quick? I, uh, sure. <laughs> I used to work at a craft store. Oh, no. And in our notions area, we did have like a bra making section. Notions area? Yeah. So sewing notions are like... Sewing notions are like needles, pins, elastic. That's called notions. Okay. Um, But in that same area, there was bra making stuff. like clips and hooks and everything. And there was also like bra inserts and pasties yeah um and some of our listeners may not know what a pasty is a pasty is a little adhesive circle sometimes decorative sometimes more for function to cover up the nipples they're just nipple stickers basically yeah and it's it was a way for um nightclubs or they didn't have the ordinances to have women if a pair topless. They weren't technically topless, so yes. they could wear. Which is the case in Michigan, actually. Is the is it? Um, yes. Oh. Uh, my first ever yoga instructor was also a stripper. She taught me a lot. Uh, um. <laughs> these, these are things I didn't know. Listen, yeah, she's uh, a she's a 
Buddhist stripper yoga teacher. So, Very interesting cliche. person. I, I love her. If you've met one, you've met a billion. Uh-huh. They're all the same. Yep. <laughs> Buddhist yoga stripper. But anyway, so yes. So like in Michigan, it's illegal to for women to be topless, even in a strip club. So pasties oh. are a way to get around showing nipple. I enjoy that um, you actually held your hands up in small circles <laughs> near the area of your breasts. The listeners could not see that. I'm a talker. It's fine. Um, although they can also be functional just to like tape down nipples if you're not going to be wearing a bra. Like oh. if we're going out and about. If you're wearing like a sundress, you can't always wear a bra so they can just tape your nipples down. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah. That so sound... there's, there's decorative ones like a stripper would use and there's functional ones that are more for everybody. Okay. Okay. And then uh, they have tassels sometimes. I know that. Yes. That would be more decorative. Yes. <laughs> that's not as fun. That's not as practical. I mean, they do little windmills, I think. That's fun. Uh, sure. If you can get them going in opposite directions. That, I that, mean, that's impressive. That would be impressive. <laughs> anyway. Did you sell the tassels at Joanne's? I mean, yes, but separately. It wasn't like for that. But in our upholstery section, we did have tassels. Upholstery section. So are there a lot of women making their own bras? Yeah, that's a thing. I've made bras. Sure you have. Of yeah. course. All right. But anyway, Continue. so we had these pasties at the yeah. craft store I worked at. Right. And one day, this lady who was probably in her 80s came up to me with a package of them. Oh, and she proceeded to take them out of the package okay. and asked me if they matched her skin tone, began pulling down her shirt. Why? Not all the way, but like held Enough. it up to her breast. Uh, the pale skin. Yeah. To see if I would, yeah, could see if the tone matched. Did it? Did it match? Uh, not really. <laughs> Were you honest or did you just say, sure, it's great? I had a great sentence I used all throughout my time as a craft store employee. Because okay. it was a fabric store too. Bring it, bring it on. Where if somebody brought up two fabrics that did not match, they never want to be told, no, it doesn't match. Okay. You say, oh, they don't really match, but they coordinate. They work together. Oh. Okay. And it's not wrong because... It doesn't really mean anything though. Yep. It means what they want it to mean. Exactly. No, everyone knows what no means. Yep. But... Well, thank you for enlightening <laughs> us with your... Uh, you know what other... Pasties also are a thing from the Upper Peninsula. Yes. It's a food product that are very bland and don't taste like much. What about pasty pasties? <laughs> what about a pasty on a pasty pasty? Because pasties also, you know, pale. Uh-huh. We're yeah, perfect. We're way off track. Yes, we are. Push hey, the envelope. How dare you. Which is what we've been doing with talking about boobs. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All conversations lead back to press. That's right. <laughs> Um, you're so, a straight man and I'm a lesbian yeah, womanish person. So. A womanish person, yes. That's that's great. Um, you, well, you would be proud of me because I was going to do – as I thought of the – or came up with – my friends helped me come up with this topic, push the envelope. There's, I clearly could have made a lot of dumb dad push the envelope jokes here. Uh-huh. But I, I did not. Um, I think you'll be proud of me too from refraining from that because that is rather lowbrow humor as – Wouldn't you say, because it's kind of low-hanging fruit. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting, yeah. I'm really not, no, I really, I really, I I really just kind of was like, okay, we're not going to do, I'm going to try to, I'm going to refrain as much as I can from doing the, putting that right into the uh, episode, because pushing the envelope would be an easy one to do, it'd be dumb. Is it? I don't know, is it? I can't think of any jokes off the top of my head, but anyway, go on. I can, and they wouldn't have been funny, which is why I left them out, but... As I was, as I write all my episodes down word for word, although I don't go totally off my script, you are you do it differently. You kind of pull stuff up and you kind of are much more freelancing as you go through it, <laughs> which is fine. But I was putting the term lowbrow humor 
And just like we did earlier with Your Neck of the Woods, all mm-hmm. of a sudden I thought, why do we say lowbrow humor? Yeah. Like, I don't know where that comes from. So this is a freebie, which technically these are all free because mm-hmm. you don't pay anything for this podcast. And if you do... Actually, you do because you owe a big bill if you've been listening for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but if you've been paying for the podcast, um, someone's ripping you off because the money is not coming to us. <laughs> but if you do want to financially support us... Anyway. Um, so I did look up the term lowbrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, we may have to revisit this one because there's a lot here. But I'm just going to take it. This is uh, where it comes from. It comes from the term highbrow and lowbrow both come from phrenology. Mm -hmm. Do you know what phrenology is? It's the reading of the skull, which is very racist. Yes. It's the the 19th century science of regarding the shape of the skull as a key to intelligence. Mm -hmm. A high forehead meant intelligence. A low one meant stupidity. And this is something the Nazis used to prove that Jewish people were inferior. Yeah. Wild. Like, I'm like, what? I had no idea. You never heard of phrenology? I've heard of phrenology, but I didn't know lowbrow and highbrow came from that. It's just nuts. Anyway, we're going to get back on track. (laughs) Push the envelope. Probably know what this means, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this a phrase you hear sometimes? Yeah, I would say so. More than than some of our episodes, though, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of... I was... It was interesting to choose this one because this is one that is a little bit more widely used, like painting the town red. One of your first, your very mm-hmm. first one. Um, I think people, a lot of people, have heard of it, but I don't. Almost, I almost never hear it used no. anymore. I have never used it outside of a within quotations way. Yes, and if it is actually a law that you have to put your fingers up like you did for quoting something. Scare quotes. Yes, scare quotes. It's great. All right, so or bunnies. Um, put, <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, the bunnies were moving. That was fun. If you don't know what push the envelope means, I will explain it for you. It means to approach or extend the limits of what is possible. Um, so yeah, this one is still, you'll hear this maybe, not every day, but yeah. I, I do hear it sometimes. So we're going to do a little quiz on okay. where the origin of this is. And I actually did this at a friend's house the other night. Okay. I laid these same options out. Um, and I kind of I wanted to see what they would think. Pre-test. So, multiple choice, right? Mm-hmm. It's the best form of test. Thank um, you for warning me this time so I didn't just jump in. Yes. So, did this idiom come from A? This, yes. No, you got it wrong again. I even warned you. <laughs> I said multiple choice. I've got to give the choices. <laughs> Let's try again. Calm down. You like I said, I'm a great test taker. You don't have to finish this one fast. There's no one else. <laughs> well, there are other people taking it, but you don't know how long it's going to take them. That's true. Technically, I am first because they are listening yeah, to it later. We'll see if you get it right. How about okay. that? Okay. All right. So does the idiom come from A, the space program, uh, pushing the limits of how fast planes could go and how high, etc.? B, the business world. Specifically, when an offered employment was made, it would often be slid over in an envelope. Pushing it back meant you wanted a better offer. Yeah. Or C, the post office, where pushing the envelope just meant getting your route done quickly. So you were trying to get the envelopes into where they needed to go. Those are your options. Don't answer. And I'll oh. let you think about it. I, okay. Okay. So I know you have an answer. It's okay. Yes. You think about it. Well, you know what? It's okay. You tell me what you think. You tell me what you think it is. Tell me what you think it is. Oh, okay. Go ahead. B. You think it's B? I think it's The B. business world. Business. Okay. We're going to find out if you're right here in just a minute. 
So we're going to do a little etymology mm-hmm. before, not entomology again. I somehow knew you were going to do that. Well, everyone, does it bug you that I do that? <laughs> Continue with your notes. <laughs> that was a joke. It was a joke for all you out there who don't know what entomology is. If if you don't look it up, this episode isn't about entomology. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I asked Carol. It's on the other end. <laughs> it's fair. I get I get that a lot. Um, so I asked my lovely wife, the French professor, the other day. I said, "Hey, honey," as I'm doing the research for this episode. I said, "How do you say envelope in French?" And she gives me one of those looks, like, "Are you kidding?" Uh-huh, and she uh-huh. says in a French accent, "Envelope." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." So that cognates. Yeah, so that it, I didn't know it was a French word. That's the kind of abuse I have to put up with all the time. That disdain. Uh-huh. <laughs> Envelope. <laughs> like, oh, so it's <laughs> French then. Great. Okay. Uh-huh. Thank you so much for that. But like many of our words that we have in the English language, um, envelope is actually a couple of different words that have been mashed together. We're going to back up in time. We're going to go in our way back time machine, as we often do. Um, do you want to make the noise for the way back time machine this time? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that'll work. We'll have to do that again sometime. So this this goes all the way back to what is known as vulgar Latin. Mm-hmm. You have heard of vulgar Latin. We have discussed it before, in we fact. We have. For those of you who missed that episode or may not know what vulgar Latin is, do you want to give the one-minute explanation of what vulgar Latin is? Swears. No, no I'm kidding. No, it's not swears. <laughs> No, it comes from, it was just a spoken word of the Roman Empire. It was mm-hmm. what the common people used. So vulgar is came comes with the word vulgaris, which meant common or of the people, which I think is kind of interesting that that, considering what vulgar means today, mm-hmm. which is more like swears, um, is associated with the common people. How oh, that's an interesting evolution of yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's a kind of similar thing to like lowbrow, right? Where it's like, yeah. you know. It's Just, for the masses. Yes, exactly. Like McDonald's mm-hmm. or Twilight. Mm-hmm. You know, things like Transformers. It's a very series. up-to-date reference with the Twilight. I do what I can. Um, never take on a linguist, everyone. Um, okay, so back to the subject at hand. In vulgar Latin, it was volaper. And in old French, it was veloper, V-L-O-P-E-R. And so in Middle French, which is around 1400 to 1600, it evolved into enveloper which meant to wrap something or someone or to envelop something. What do you think? What yeah, you... The, the ER would, would be silent there. How would you say it then? Envelope. Envelope. Oh, okay. So that that's Middle French. Apparently you're an expert in Middle French. Now no, too. but if it functions the same as Modern <laughs> French, then you don't say the ER at the I'm end sure of a word because it it's a verb. I'm sure it does. I know I'm teasing you. <laughs> so, it, of course, envelope means to envelop something, to wrap uh-huh. around, which I'm like, oh, I... I knew that, but I was kind of putting those two things together. Like, obviously, you put a letter inside an envelope because mm-hmm. it wraps around the letter. French for send is an envoyé, too. So I wonder if... I wonder which comes first there. That I don't know. Yeah. I did not look into that. Um, you can look it up and, and uh, message us later, people. Or we could just ask Carol. <laughs> so this is not only a more... Maybe this is... Because it's more frequently used, this is probably the most recent phrase we've done yet. Okay. This actually um, came out, it became popularized in 1979, a novel called The Right Stuff by the author Tom Wolfe. Although when he... Nope, nope, there's no howling. There's no howling. 
Nope. Uh, but when Tom Wolf, yeah, you did. You're gonna. Thought you were gonna howl again. Um, but when Tom used, oh, oh there it is. It's like okay. on wings, wings as eagles. Anyway, go on. Okay. <laughs> anyway, when he used the term, he said he was. They were pushing the outside of the envelope. Oh. And you'll you'll understand why here in a minute. It does make sense um, based on where this comes from. Have you heard of the book The Right Stuff? That rings a bell. Does it? Okay. Uh, It was a movie. The book was made into a movie. Um, But this is is the quote that showed up in The Right Stuff. In a way they could not have associated with anyone else, or at least not easily, because the boys could only talk about one thing. They're flying. One of the phrases that kept running through the conversation was pushing the outside of the envelope. Mm-hmm. So you were wrong. I'm bah, sorry. But it was A for airplane. It is A for airplane. It is all has to do with the space program. Interesting. Pushing the envelope. Now, it, and so there you go. There's there's the answer to the question. That'll wrap up the end episode. That'll be done. No, just kidding. Because while we know it came from the space program, for me, I'm like, okay, hold on. I didn't know that. I had no uh-huh. idea. I made the other two up completely out of my the dark recesses of my brain. Um, and I'm so happy that you fell for one of my uh, made-up answers. <laughs> it's kind of like when you're playing Balderdash and you come up with that definition for I a word. that game. And people are like, that's got to be it. And you're like, that was mine, I'm suckers. i recreational lying. <laughs> yes. As opposed to uh, professional lying? Or? There are plenty of professional liars, oh, my 100%, friend. Oh, <laughs> 100%. You were in sales. I was in sales. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like an often. Not always. Calm down, salesman. Don't get all mad. Sales doesn't always involve lying, but it frequently can. Yes. In fact, we're going to be looking for a car later today. There's a possibility someone might lie to us. There's a pretty good chance. Don't know. Don't know. Yep. Sorry, we just lost all the used car salesmen. And all our lawyer listeners. (laughs) Well, we never had them anyway. (laughs) Um, They're too busy. They would bill us for their time. Uh Okay. uh Hmm. So, yeah, I am like, all right. Cool that comes from the space program, but I don't understand the correlation. That doesn't make a lot of sense. So we're going to spend the next few minutes kind of explaining what this actually means. Okay, so go, we're going to back up just a second. We know that the word envelope usually originally meant to cover or wrap something, but it has another meaning that uh, will shed some light on this. It's interesting you say envelope because I say envelope. Do you really? I do. Go on. Oh, okay. I wonder what, okay. So we're going to go back to 1944 to the Journal of the Royal Aeronautic Society. Ooh. You would like to have been a part of that, right? Yeah, the sure. The Royal Aeronautic Society? It's a great word. Sounds fancy. I like aeronautics. Yeah, exactly. So a quote from one of the journal entry, one of the entries from 1944, because apparently there were more than one volume entry, uh, one more than one volume. Um, I don't know how many they came out with, but there were multiple apparently. It says, the best known of the envelope or envelope cases is the flight envelope, which is in general use in this country and in the United States. The flight envelope covers all probable conditions of symmetrical Mm. maneuvering flight. Okay. So I didn't didn't really know that envelope was, could be used as a scientific term. Didn't know that either. So these senses that they're talking about... um, as far as envelope, the scientific term is includes the outer covering of an aerostat, uh, the bag containing the gas in a, bil- a balloon or airship, an enclosing membrane, or a curve or surface tangent to each of a family of curves or surfaces. Uh, 
So that all are different things that involve a closure in the scientific Totally world. makes sense. Envelop. Yeah, exactly. Very good. So going back to our friend Tom Wolfe, um, he explained why this new idiom was being used uh, in an interview. Um, and actually, this, uh, this, this, like I said, this book was made into a movie in 1983, and it's also being made into a TV series. Oh, fun. Um, on Nat Geo. Or uh, that's what the cool kids call National Geographic. <laughs> I don't know if that's true because I'm not cool. So I think – Is Nor that what the cool – No, I, I fail <laughs> on both. But I've heard the kids call it Nat Geo. But anyway, the phrase uh, pushing the envelope is used throughout the film and the book. Um, so pushing the envelope is in there a lot, which if you have not seen the right stuff, it's a very good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Certainly based on a true story. Uh, it, you know, and of course, every time it's based on a true story, they take some liberties, but it's it's pretty accurate. So, Wolf in an interview explains w- how the term envelope carried the idea of enclosure. He says they were speaking of the performance capabilities of an airplane as an envelope, as if there were a boundary. He said, "Why they chose envelope, I don't know, but if you get outside the envelope, you're in trouble." Mm. But we do know why they chose envelope. We know more than the author. Thomas Wolfe, cue the howl. Ooh, Thank suck you it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. I like. I like your. Uh, your. Your kind of going crazy there. I played the big bad wolf in middle school. Did I know you what really? I'm doing. I did. Wow. I was too shy to, shy to howl though. Oh, what it did you do? It was the lead then? role, but I gave the wimpiest howl that ever there was. And how did that sound at the time? On stage, at the end of the play, that was the noise I made when I was acquitted because it was about the big bad wolf being sued. Was did I see that? I don't know. Did you were parents involved? Fairy tale courtroom was. Oh my! That was the play. I was the lead, the big bad wolf. It had to have been better than uh, due to lack of interest. Tomorrow has been canceled. The worst play of all time. Oh my gosh! Did you know you can't even find it on the internet? There is no evidence of that play story anything on the internet. There shouldn't be because it's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It's even worse. Hell. Well, yeah, it's worse than Battlefield Earth. Yeah, you can believe it. So bad. Anyway, um, so uh, back to the science. The envelope, I'm going to just read a little bit here. The envelope is a mathematical concept referring to a curve that is tangential to each... I read this already, but I'm repeating. The envelope is a mathematical concept referring to a curve that is tangential... Tangential? Tangential. To each member of a family of curves in a plane. The envelope is defined as the locus of points of ultimate intersection of consecutive curves of a family. A classic example is a ladder sliding down a wall... And you can calculate the envelope of the various positions of the sliding ladder. Hmm. You see? Yeah. So the verb to envelop, as we know, means to completely surround, wrap, or cover. So it's not surprising that the related noun envelope came to refer as an enclosing bag or outer boundary. The term envelope repeatedly appeared in aeronautical context as early as 1901 in reference to, again, inflating balloons or in airships. The term envelope is the term for the bag of air in a balloon or airship. Yeah, okay. So aviators use the term flight envelope to refer to a plane's capabilities for a safe flight. It's calculated by examining conditions like speed, altitude, engine power, and more. Within those envelope, it is theoretically safe to fly. So if a, a, a pilot was pushing the envelope, mm-hmm. that meant they were, they were trying to go to the outer limits of what was safe for them to do. Gotcha. And of course, that was extremely important for them to be able to do that 
to figure out how do we get into space because mm-hmm. we're they're going to be going into different you know it's going to be very different once they get get outside the atmosphere yeah. once they get higher up in the atmosphere a lot of things change what is this thing going to need to be able to do and survive mm-hmm. and of course re-entry and so there's a lot how far can we push this because uh, then they're also battling how heavy can this be yeah. we need a certain amount of thickness because there's going to be all this heat from the friction um, so it it does once you understand it it's like oh that does make sense mm-hmm. yeah pushing, that's interesting pushing the envelope and, yeah. and now I get it and again it's one of those phrases I've heard used Many times in my life, I never sat back and thought, why did people say, well, where did that come from? And never would have thought it was from aeronautics. And I will tell you that people did pick, no one picked the third option with a post office. Everyone's like, no, I can't be that. Too on the nose. That's too on the nose. But um, my friend Todd, he did think, oh, yeah, that's a a flight term. Okay. He knew. Good job, Todd. He's a teacher. So he teaches uh, elementary school. So anyway, he knew. So that is the episode. So what is there anything specific, shorter episode, but mm-hmm. anything specific that stood out to you that you thought, oh, wow, I like that. Or, I'm happy to have learned a new mathematical term. It's always exciting to be like, oh, here's this concept that um, is evocative and already related to things we have an understanding of. But to have more language around it is always cool to me. Yeah, I like the, I kind of, even though this was a, a tangent, I did like, uh, first off, it amused me that my friends did not follow instructions. Uh-huh. Um, your your howl uh, amused me. And, um, <laughs> but I like the whole, the whole, again, when we re- revisited Vulgar Latin, and why it's called vulgar Latin. Mm-hmm. I just, I think that's funny. Like, oh, the proletariat, the the masses are so vulgar and unrefined. Yes, we must get the bourgeois, <laughs> which is where bougie comes from. Uh-huh. Another another freebie in this yeah. episode's chock full. Have you ever seen the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie? Nobody knows what that is. Oh yes, they do. I no. guarantee you, a no. good number what of our you, listeners at least have heard of the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie. It's okay. a movie from like the seventies. That's uh, very weird. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a thesaurus? Yes, <laughs> it's, weird. Okay. it's okay. one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It, but we, we, we're, we're, we, this is a shorter episode, so I'm gonna go. We're gonna just spend a little bit of time here. What is the worst movie you've ever seen? Oh. Just for fun. And, you and, won't like my answer, though. But listeners, you can join in. Go ahead and tell us. Uh, yes. Just go ahead and speak it out loud right now. Uh-huh. We, or write it in the comment of this Facebook post. Yeah. The Facebook post. But if they speak it out loud, as we've we've already uh, established, we do have listening devices in all their we cars. Um, no, I'm just psychic. That, too. I didn't want to reveal that already, though. So, uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be the season finale twist. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, better than some I've seen. Um, so, anyway... What were you saying? Time Bandits. Time Bandits, yes. Which you like, and that's fine. <laughs> um, upon rewatching, I'm like, oh, this is just aggressively odd. Yeah. I did not. On the rewatch, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is not good. Yeah. I did not like it. I mean, I've seen some movies that are, like, Dadaist and, like, abstract. And those, yeah. you know, I, I like some surrealism. But it definitely sometimes it's a point for me, point for me where I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's a point of diminishing return, as they say. Yes, which the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie was that for me. Okay. Um, Do you know who was then, in it? Or not? God, no. It's oh, in okay. French. Why did you watch it? One of my friends who's a 
movie nerd made me watch it. Oh, it was a bad you. time. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, I think one of my least favorite films was uh, uh, Alan Quartermain in The Lost City of Gold. Never which, heard of it. It was an Indiana Jones knockoff. And I okay. think it's uh, Richard Chamberlain starred in it. I don't know why I remember that. Or the second Transformers movie. That, that is pretty That made me aggressively angry. Yeah. I, I murdered after that film. <laughs> uh, I was so angry. I, I regret it. Because uh-huh. they, didn't, they didn't have it coming. But uh, I was angry enough, I did I did murder. Have you ever walked out of a movie? I have. Okay. Um, Full Metal Jacket by, uh, I think, uh, Kubrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in my real uh, religious phrase, a uh, phase oh, of life, gotcha. not phrase, phase of life. And it started off with some real aggressive language. And we just, I'm like, I'm too holy to abide this. And gotcha. we walked out five minutes in. Your mom and I, I oh. think. Uh, could be. But anyway, yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah. Or is that Stone? Anyway, I, I think of <laughs> Oliver Stone. Sorry. But um, have you seen Full Metal Jacket? No, I haven't. I haven't seen a ton of Kubrick. It's Kubrick. I actually think it's Oliver Stone. It doesn't matter. Mm. Anyway, yeah. So if you want to give us your worst movie of all time that has yes. nothing to do with this Or episode, any movies you walked out of, because I always think it's yeah. interesting what the motivation I'm is. I'm going to put that on Facebook just out. because I want to know Perfect. the answer to that just with my friends, and hopefully they'll read the instructions. Fingers crossed. You never know. <laughs> well, that's all we have for today. Yeah, for thanks episode. for joining us, everybody. Um, like we said, you can comment on our Facebook group or just follow there to get updates. You can email us at thewatchyourmouthpod at gmail.com with questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions. Thank you to Tony Gephardt for our theme song. Anything else? I think <laughs> I think we covered it. We haven't done this in a while, so I can tell Milo's <laughs> yeah, looking up to her left to like, access her uh, memory and her brain. Yep. Um, you know that people do that? Yeah, if well, people I've are thinking, not heard always. Uh, certain things about different directions because if you look in one direction, it's supposed to be a lying thing. If you look, yeah, in, it's not always. True. I don't know some of how it. Much anyway, there's nothing again to do with this episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you very much. We will see you next week. But in the meantime, I'm Milo. I'm Dave. Stay curious and carry a hatchet.